Eric, why did you want to do this interview? Oh, that's a, that's a great starting question, isn't it? I've been um, selected from time to time for or singled out as I did something fairly unique after all. I beat the established political parties on less than 1% of their budget using only volunteer workforce. Okay. And I did that using completely new leadership methods where other people would typically t tend to think in terms of hiring 100 people full-time, 40, mm -hmm. 40 um, hours a week. My, my method of leadership is instead using tens of thousands of volunteers who contribute two or three hours a week. Yeah. And that means you could do this on a shoestring budget and still run circles around the entrenched corporations okay. and organizations. So from time to time, people uh, approach me and say, Rick, how did you do this again? Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm very happy to talk about it because I think it's a way of decentralizing leadership that is, that is about more than just succeeding in one goal. It's also about breaking down hierarchies and enabling people in the long run to show that they can do so much more if they don't follow the rules. Okay. How would you define a maverick? This whole work is about business mavericks. Mm -hmm. So how would you define a maverick? There are different kinds of people in business. It's not just in business. It's any kind of organization and society. Mm -hmm. you, could do, you could talk about this in civil society. You could talk about this in politics. You could talk about it in business, in academia, and so forth. In structures, structures in general. You have the disruptors, you have people who start up things and then get bored after five or ten years. You have people who build things that, are, that sort of have hatched and build them to greatness. And, and you have people who are just good at keeping an altitude. And the mavericks are the people who break the rules, the people who don't do as they are told, the people who look at something and, and just instinctively feel... I can do this better. Okay, okay. So, why are you a maverick? You've given me a definition. Well, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, right? I founded my first company at age 16. Right. And the only reason for that was that I wasn't legally allowed to found a company before 16. And even then I had to jump through hoops because I was still technically a minor. Mm -hmm. But I, th there was this instinct... I've always had this instinct of looking at something and, and thinking, I can do this better. Right. And, and that's, the exact, um, that, that's the exact thought I had when I was looking at how politics was being, or how policymaking, not politics, mm -hmm. how policymaking was being made in uh, the information technology field. Right. And how lawmakers were <sighs> depressingly unaware of the future, uh, of the important issues for the future. Yeah. They were talking about energy, healthcare, school, taxes, not unimportant issues by any means, but things that they had been talking about for the past 50 years. Mm -hmm. And they are completely unaware that we live in a time of complete disruption right now. Yes. So I looked at, I looked at the situation and figured, what, what does it take? to make them realize that they have a blind spot here. Mm -hmm. Because you couldn't stand in line and just sort of compete for their nine-to-five work schedule. That wouldn't work. So I figured the only way to make them realize was to go the entrepreneur way, to 
outcompete them, to okay. challenge them for their jobs and aim directly at their salary. Excellent. And and that worked. I mean, we've spread to 70 countries by now. We've been we're in our second term in the European Parliament. We're in uh, parliaments on every level across Europe. Okay. Wonderful. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. Hit me. People tell me that I'm a maverick. Or words to that effect. Yes. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. When least expected? No, I absolutely expect to get, get things right. I expect to succeed. Right. Others may not expect, but... Yeah, okay. So, yes, no, or maybe. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Okay, so that's in the passive tone. That's by others, yes. Mm. Okay. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Yes. I am much more productive than other people. Other people? Well, in general, yes. I, I, I work between 90 and 100 hours a week, so yes. Okay. I Positively. Have, I have very unusual talents. Unusual? Not necessarily, but I know how to, to apply them. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I'm generally underestimated by people. Not anymore, no. Not anymore. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Yes. Why do you do things differently? Because I don't follow the rules. Other okay. people do as, as they are told. They are t the beaten path is one of convenience. I have a sign on my door, on my front door, that I see every time I, I leave my house saying, if you follow the rules, you will always lose. You'd, like, you'd actually like the one I've got on my fridge. It says, okay. you, you laugh at me because I'm different, I laugh at you because you're all the same. Exactly, exactly. So, okay, okay. And, and this, this motto of, um, if you follow the rules, you'll always lose, there's a deeper meaning to that. It's, mm -hmm. not just, it's not just ignore what other people say, it's the realisation that the rules were written by somebody else to maintain the status quo. Yes. And part of that status quo is that they maintain their position. Mm -hmm. So as long as you follow somebody else's rules, you can at most be number two. If you follow the rules, you will always lose. Okay, okay. Can you give me an example? You've already done this, but I want to ask you this question in case you want to throw anything else in. But can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? I lead differently. I, I mentioned this before, and I think it's the key difference in how I build organizations. Okay. In, um, instead, of, instead of hiring people yeah. that work 40 hours a week and yeah. hiring 100 people and using a paycheck as their motivator, I invite people. I send out an open invitation for people to call out to, to work two, three hours a week, and then I get tens of thousands to do that, to cooperate on a common goal. Okay. The, the number of work hours may, may be the same, but the amount of passion that goes into the goal is enormously higher. Yes, I, that, that would be logical. Is what you do equated with the bottom line or something else? 
Everything is about the bottom line. I'm all about results. Our goal was to get into Parliament and change policy. We are doing that. Okay, but it was, is it about money? Well, we're co- it's about cost efficiency. Okay. We are, we are achieving better results on less than 1% of the competition's budget. Yeah. Is any part of being a maverick to do with having autonomy over your own life? That is a very good question. Uh, I sometimes say that you cannot, you cannot lead effectively if you don't start with leading yourself. Right. You must take care of your health. Yes. Because work at this level is really, really straining on your body, on your health, on everything. Yeah. If you don't take care of your health, you cannot lead other people. So, yes. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, mindsets? And if so, what are they? I think one of the key one of the, one of the key aspects would be that you don't need the approval of other people so much. As in <laughs> a lot of people are really keen on getting approval from everybody around them. Yeah. And they conform until they get that approval, until they feel they fit in. And that's a, that there's a comfort zone there. Yes. But when your drive is more about results, when your drive is more about saying, I want to do this, and don't care so much whether other people approve of it, mm-hmm. then, okay. then you can accomplish much, more, much, much more because you're, you can be a pioneer. You can try... You can, break off the beaten path and you can try new recipes. Some will fail. I mean, part of being a pioneer is trying things that haven't been tried before. Mm. And by definition, some won't be the path to success. I guess dare to fail is the classical synopsis of this. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I have to say this to you. My life completely changed, yeah, the day I just... Well, I've never really given a shit what anybody else thinks, but the day I thought, enough... Right, mm-hmm. I ended up on this path. That was it. The day I thought. Yeah. So it's a. What are the challenges to being a maverick? It's partly the same as being a leader. I'd say you'd have. There's the saying. There's it's alone on the top. Yes, you know that cups up a lot. I can imagine. And you need to really, really trust in yourself. You mm-hmm. need, need to trust in your vision. You need to trust in your, uh, in your drive. You need to trust in your ability to execute. Okay. You need to distance yourself from the frustration you can be feeling, from the disapproval of other people when you're breaking off the beaten path, and sort of look rationally at what have you done in the past you know how to execute. Yeah. You know how to deliver. You know how to bring results. You need to disconnect uh, or just break off this criticism and trust your judgment. And yes. that, can, that can actually sometimes be rather... Um, how do you say that in English? It, uh, it can require quite a bit of energy. Yes, yes, very much so. What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? Longest. Lowest. 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 Oh, there are always failed presentations and failed... um, uh, I I think one of my 
key lessons moving ahead was that I allowed myself to be managed by somebody who did not share my value base. Right. Okay. And over time, that value base gradually grew in the organization beyond my control. And that was the probably the biggest strategic mistake I, I made so far. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to share with you that that's come up a few times as well. Where, where, where the one example was it was a multi-millionaire kind of business guy who turned mm-hmm. around and said they hired somebody in who, um, you know, it was a no-brainer that this person should be hired, yeah? Right. But she didn't believe in him and to- undermined him. Right. Nearly drove so, the p- company into bankruptcy. Right. So, so, yeah, so, that, so yeah. that's definitely been my lesson. That okay. A very, very uh, hard lesson to learn that yeah. you must maintain your value, value base. Why are you doing this? this or, yes, good old Simon Sinek. I don't exactly. I exactly. do nothing without knowing why. I know exactly why I contacted you. I know exactly why I'm doing it this Friday morning. I know I, I never do anything without knowing why I'm doing it. There you go. And the why also come down to the how mm. in a second again, Sinek. Yeah. And it, it was the how that diverged completely, and that was. That was a tough lesson, mm. but then again, you live, you learn. Yeah, yeah. I just know why I'm doing it. I'm, I'll figure out the how along the way is my theory. There you go. My focus at the moment is 100 interviews, and then I'll cross the next hurdle. What aspects of your personality or character influence your Maverick approach? Personality? Uh... The question is a bit redundant, isn't it? How does your personality affect this aspect of your personality? Yeah. What I've it's, looked, uh, there's a slight tautology in there. Yeah, the kind of responses I've had is, you know, well, they've, they've, some people have correlated it to, well, my personality, I'm really outgoing and gregarious, so it's easy for me to go out there and stand in front of a stage and go boom, mm. boom, boom. But then I've had other people who said, you know, I'm an absolute introvert and I've learned to be a maverick in my own way. So that's how the kind of things were coming through. Fair enough. If you're looking at one aspect in particular, I'd say that I'm very independent as an individual. Right. Okay. Uh, As in I... I mean, it all ties together, right? I'm not dependent on other people's approval. I tend to see right. that, that I can do things better. Okay. So so let me get this right. What I'm hearing is your personality is your confidence in your own... You're confident about your own ability. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You're strong enough to say, I'm going to take this step. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, who are you to say that I can't do this? Basically? Exactly. Exactly. Are you born or bred a maverick? Wow. I tended to go my own own way very early, even as a toddler, so mm-hmm. it's... Okay, so next question. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick? Probably. I was always encouraged when I, when I was pursuing interests. And right. that, And if I had grown up and I... 
less allowing household, mm -hmm. say a very religious household that 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 had a more collectivist approach. Right. I might not have turned out turned out the same. But then again, that's all speculation, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick? Oh, total. As in, the, we had this saying in the Pirate Party that half of the people working with the Pirate Party have some sort of diagnosis and the other half probably deserve one. <laughs> in, I love it. As love in, it. we are super passionate about what we do. Yeah. And... In that way, I, I fit right in in the uh, IT bubble at the turn of the century, right. at the growth of the IT industry prior mm -hmm. to that bubble, uh, in the recovery, and now going into policy making and just reshaping not just policy, but how policy is made, even at the meta yeah. level. Okay. So there's a reason I'm putting in between 90 and 100 hours a week, and that's because I love what I do. do exactly. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like um, Branson says, doesn't he? Work is play and play is work. And, yeah. and, and, people, and people keep saying to me, well, don't you feel... Like, I can quite happily come into this room at 7 o'clock in the morning and work till about half past 10 at night, and it, it's what I want to do. Nobody's right. forcing me to do this. I'm not, rel not going to get a paycheck anyway. And I've, what's been really interesting is people keep saying to me, so you're gonna now you've finished your masters, you're gonna get a proper job, aren't you? And right. I'm like, I will never work right. for somebody again. That's your yeah. journey, that's not mine. How do you, you how so do you, I'm, so I mean I, I've been yeah. I've had this attitude for quite some time. I mean like I said, I found my first company at sixteen and you spend the most of your wake of your awake hours on the job. So are you going to spend those the most of your awake time doing something you'll hate for the most part of your entire life as in money isn't everything you got you got to find something you love and then really go for it and if it brings you a little less money so what because you're enjoying it exactly R rather rather than doing something you really hate to get money to maybe have an hour to enjoy yourself on the side yeah exactly I mean, it just, it, it, it's just doesn't make sense to me. I'm totally with you on that one. Then again, the money had tends to come when you do something you exactly. love. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. Um, it's. A, I call it. It's. It's a byproduct. <laughs> it's a byproduct of the energy we put out. There, yeah, something like that. How do you see rules? Rules. Mm-hmm. Um. Some people need a bit some people in a, in an organization need a bit of rules i tend to be rather rather adamant that you need to understand why a rule exists yes. so you so you know when to break it okay okay i think you've answered this but i'm going to ask you in case there's anything you want to add have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger That's pretty much my lifestyle, I think. I've tried different approaches. I I tried be, being employed and having a regular job for a short time just to see what it was like. But it's even that was part of sort of finding my way, if you see mm. what I mean. Yeah. 
Are you always a maverick or do you just do you choose to be so at times? I carefully learn the rules so I know how to break them most efficiently. Okay. And do you turn your maverickism level up? The dial. So in this situation, you're being interviewed by somebody who's interviewing mm-hmm. mavericks globally. I can be 10 out of 10 mad here and she's going to handle it. In this, situa- <laughs> in this situation, this is a boardroom of boring nine-to-five directors and maybe a three is all they can handle. Do you do that? Uh, yeah, I tend to go for results. Right. Uh, how, how do I optimise? I, I always tend in term, to think in terms of cost efficiency. Right. How do you how do you maximize the effect uh, from the work put in? Here? Okay. But there are there are a few guidelines there. Like if you're going to offend somebody with substance, don't also eff- offend them with style. If right. I'm going to stand up and say something absolutely outrageous in say a boardroom, then it's important that I go in there with a tailor-made suit and a silk shirt and look absolutely proper so they can identify with somebody who's saying something completely off the map rather than rather than having somebody they do not identify with okay excellent everything is about social inclusion if you win social inclusion you win the message right thank you and is this choice when you're doing this is a conscious decision or unconscious Oh, it's absolutely conscious. Yeah, I thought so, but I had to ask. What are the advantages? The language, same thing. Not just your appearance, but the language you're using. Yes. Your choice of words communicates whether you're in a certain community or not, whether you're you're perceived as one of the audience, Mm -hmm. one on the inside, or, or somebody just coming to preach. If you've seen this many times, right? If somebody in a in a suit and tie or um, or business dress talking to technology people, for instance, in jeans and t-shirt, and yeah. they're just not taken seriously, no. no matter what they say. Yeah, no, that so, makes sense. Complete sense. So, so just to, just to illustrate the the principle here, yeah, as in being being aware of these social inclusion mechanisms is absolutely key to getting influence in a group. Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Well, you know, uh, there's in the uh, during the dot com era, there was there was an ad for 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 a profession, and it started out with somebody in uh, purple shorts and a skateboard saying, that, well, you know, PR, it's, it's, it's not just a job, it's more like a lifestyle. And then moving on to somebody who was hands down in, in just heads down in code, nose of the grindstone, and, yeah, building the future. It's, it's not a job, it's, it's who you are. And, and then they, en- they ended with somebody who took off their overalls and closed the locker and then faded out to the, to the text, painter, it's a nice job. Right. Okay, and, okay. And so I can see there being a point to actually leaving work behind at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. with not, and not being able to take any, anything home. Mm. So, so Okay, so what... I, 
pros and cons for everything. Then again, I wouldn't, I can't not do what I love, so. Okay, okay. Has age and experience altered your maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown? Absolutely. Not, not the least because of how you're perceived. Mm -hmm. When I was 20, I saw people on the web saying that you need to be you need to be 35 or above to be taken seriously and have some weight when you're presenting your arguments. Yeah. I thought that was absolute and complete fabrica fabricated bullshit. But now that I've, I'm past 35, just uh, I'm 42, and I know that I can present myself with a complete different weight and I, I'm perceived uh, with a, uh, as much, much more serious than I ever were in, in my 20s or early 30s. Okay. So there, I'm, I'm not sure how much of this is experience and how much of this is culture. Mm -hmm. As in, if, if somebody is a little bit older, do you take them more seriously? Or have I just learned to, to talk the talk better? Yeah, true, true. I've, yeah, I've worked with young children and I've, I've looked after some very young teenagers who had a better grasp of life than some old people mm. along the way. So you've answered the next question, which was what aspects of your business are you most maverick in? I love the example you gave about how you recruit people into even work for you. So what mass aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Oh. What do you do just like everybody else? Budgets. Yeah. Um, we have resources like everybody else. Yeah. They have... There has to be decision makers, how to spend money, how to how to approve invoices, how to how to have a money flow that so that suppliers get paid, so that the few wages we have get paid, so that you empty the mailbox. Essentially all the interface to the boarding parts of the world need to work. Okay, okay. And how do you balance being a maverick with home life? With what? Home life. Oh. I have a cognac from time to time, I guess. As in, I, I just enjoy myself. I'm sitting in my living room right now with, right. with my office around me here and three screens ahead of me. You're in the center one. And there's a studio just, just behind me here in the living room with a right. green screen where I record record newscast right just to the right of that is the cognac cabinet to the left of that is the whiskey cabinet okay um, so I, I think I can that see illustration how you... kind of paints the picture yes that does thank you very much um uh, uh, if i was able to i'd join you for one. Oh, most welcome <laughs> a bit of a distance though but yeah I've been. I had this interview in South Africa and i was having coffee in the morning and she was opening her bottle of wine and that's how we did business <laughs> Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Absolutely. What's the legacy? As, as <clears throat> you want to leave the world a better place than, than, you came in, than, than what you came into. Thank and you. What, what's better for you is obviously very, very subjective. Yes. For, for me, it's that I, I want to leave policy making more transparent okay. I want to leave all aspects of the work more inclusive okay. I want to reduce corruption I want to shine a light on aspects of society that 
frankly don't like a light having shone on them because they because that exposes things they don't want the public to see. Yes, yeah. Thank you very so, much. So I think that that's part a major part of my drive, having reached forty, is that I do want to leave something behind. I, I want to leave efficient methods of leadership behind. I want to leave what I learned behind. Mm-hmm. And I want to leave the world a little better place. Okay. It's surprising how many people are doing that. When I started Mavericks, um, it's interesting. I was interviewing, like, techie guys. I was interviewing scientists. I was interviewing, you know, all sorts of businesses. And I would have to say, honestly, Rick, the last three months, it's been big-time social entrepreneurs. The gentleman, Mm. the guy I interviewed two days ago, I'd met him about three or four years ago in London, and he's, he runs an organisation which is just... Whereas most people go into a company and tell them how to make money, uh-huh. he actually goes into a company and looks at their bottom line and says, you've got quite enough, now what good are you going to do with this? And he helps them to be more philanthropic. He's actually the guy who set up WizKids, which was a children's charity, mm. providing, you know, the disabled equipment. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, really, really nice gentleman. Hmm, interesting. How much of anything of being a maverick is related to give back and paying it forward? I know your legacy, but how are you paying it? Is it about that as well? I know this, I'm going to help other people do it. You can't be a leader unless you lead by example. Yes. As in leading, a lot of business people get this completely backwards. Being a manager is an appointed position within a hierarchical organization. Yes. Giving you formal authority and accountability over resources and accountability for a result. Right. Being a leader is a state of group psychology. Yes. And that those two concepts are completely different. Yes. Well, admittedly, an organization works best when those roles coincide in the same person, but they are conceptually absolutely different and leading uh, we we work uh, we are social creatures and we tend to follow those who take initiatives that we like yes so if you are if you are to lead you need to make people follow you because of what you do not because of what you think who you are what you've done in the past you need to make people follow you always because what you're doing in the present. So Completely is... concur with you. A question I ask myself on a regular basis when I'm leading a team or I'm working is, mm-hmm. why would anyone follow me? There you go. And if you, if you want to take that to the next level, uh, I sometimes present this swarm theory of leadership as in, volunteer leadership. I, I present how people during the dot-com era, dot-com bubble at the turn of the century, they didn't work for the money. If they didn't like what was said in the morning meeting, they would walk out and literally have a new job before lunch, probably exactly. paid better too. Yeah. So they did not work for the money. That, that was just something that took care of their rent and yeah. food on the plate. And then I pushed that envelope a little bit and say that when you have people working for you, uh, your, your direct reports, I'm betting that most, if not all, have always worked more than the bare minimum needed to not get fired. Yes. And people say, yes, of course. So, 
they were volunteering work for you. They were doing more than required to, keep, to stay on the job, to get the paycheck. And if they are doing more than required to get the paycheck, that is volunteer work. Yes. And then I push ahead. And wouldn't you, all, wouldn't you also say that this part over and above required to stay on the job is what totally makes or breaks a company? Yes. Well, yes. So, and then I hit the hammer home. So, all leadership you've ever done has been volunteer leadership. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? I have an attitude that you should bet your job for what you believe in every day. Okay. And what was the biggest risk I've taken? I guess it was quitting my job and just going straight, founding the, the pirate party. I mean, I was essentially giving up a source of income and I, I didn't know if there would be anything at the end of the line. Yeah. I took a huge loan that eventually ran out. And now that did solve itself because I had come so far that I could ask supporters for donations. And okay. I lived off of donations for 18 months. Technically, I lived off of begging until we had our first breakthrough success. Right, okay. So, so financially, to my personal finance, that was a huge risk. Definitely. St still, realizing you had a chance to change the world, as in this was a positively huge chance to make a difference. Yeah. So you have to take it. It, it wasn't really a choice. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? I don't know how long the... I try not to read too much about the person so I don't have preconceptions. Right. How, how do you manage your venture in this aspect? Um, so you, you, you're founder of the Pirate Party and that's been going how long? So uh, that was 2006. So, okay, so that's been going for 10 years, yep? Yeah, so just, just it, shy of a day. And is, and is that your only business? It's my, it's my primary activity. Okay, I'm, right. I travel and speak about these ideas and about the leadership I, I learned in building it. Okay. I do, obviously, I do have new things around the corner. Okay, so from, from the pirate party how many projects have you done with the pirate party in the last five years roughly projects um depends on where you draw the line for a project obviously okay. about, about perhaps two dozen okay and what do you consider are the, are the characteristics of a successful project what is success according to rick that's an excellent question that most people forget to ask themselves. And that the key, the key thing there is that you need, to set, you need to answer that question before you set out. Mm -hmm. As in, this is what I'm going to accomplish. Yes. As in, when, um, when I founded the Power Party, the goal was getting elected. And I had done the math, I said... I think we can get 225,000 votes okay. putting us in Parliament. Right. Three and a half years later, we got 225,915 votes right. putting us in Parliament. Okay, gotcha. So, so 
doing that up front, front yeah. rather than thinking somewhere down the line, am I successful or not? As in, okay. success is binary. You, you've either reached a goal or you, or you haven't. haven't. Yeah, you, yeah. Which is why you need to be clear on that goal. That doesn't mean you can't recalibrate it as you go. But, but you still need to be aware, where am I going? Yes. Otherwise, you're, you're in uh, Alice in One... No, it's Wizard of Ozland, right? Yeah, or Alice yeah. in Wonderland, I forget. Yeah. As in, what, where do, which direction should I go? It depends on where you're going. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. Then it doesn't matter which road you take. Yeah, exactly. Of the ventures you've done, how mm -hmm. many have been successful according to that definition? That's a good question. I've, I'm estimating my projects mm -hmm. here because yeah, yeah, so, that's fine. So this this is going to be a gut feeling, but somewhere between half and two thirds. Okay. Next question: Of the ones that have been successful, then what leads to successful execution of that project? Lessons from failed projects. Wonderful. I'm going to be. I'm adamant yeah. on that. As yeah. in. As in. Key is iteration speed. Yes. As in, you might need to learn 10 lessons in a, a, on a particular topic right. to come to the insight you need to succeed, it, to yes. succeed with it. So, um, so get those 10 lessons as fast as you can, and then you have knowledge you need. One Optimize the, for iteration speed. One of the biggest things I'm happy to share with you is that all the mavericks, most of the mavericks have said... You know, success is about, did I learn something from this? That's all yes. it's about, because, because I know if I've learned it, because it may be five projects down, that the thing, the big learn from that one impacts on the success of that one. Absolutely. So that's been a real key thing. What do you do? And, and which again ties back to daring to fail. Right? Exactly. Um, what did you do that makes the project successful? What do you bring to the table? Uh, if you're asking me, and you are, then what I'm bringing is my very visual and passionate inclusion of other people. Wonderful. As in, I put a stake in the ground, say, very visibly, I, I am going to do this. Yeah. I believe if we are 10,000 people that agree that this can be done, then we're going to accomplish this. Yes. And the, and the next day you have 10,000 people on it. There you go. When a, venture is, when a venture or project is unsuccessful, what do you consider are the main reasons for failure? There is a book named Peopleware, okay. which is very worth reading. And it highlights how almost none of the reasons for project failure today are technological. Yeah. They're all about people, mm -hmm. and they're all about how people are social creatures and most of the business environment, business hierarchy, business unwritten rules are really not very productive mm -hmm. for how we actually work. Right. And so the, the key reasons are usually mismatched expectations. Right. Personal chemistry doesn't match between key people. Yes. As in, some people, some people have diverging aspirations of what to accomplish. Yeah. In general, you you can observe that whether a project succeeds or not, that has rare, 
rarely has to do with business reasons yeah. or or or, um, or rules. It's almost always social. Definitely, definitely. So, which also means that the stronger you pro- project your passion, yes, the stronger a, a guiding light the the organisation as a whole will have. Completely concur with you. As a maverick, what are you afraid of, Rick? What am I afraid of? Mm. Wasps. Okay, spiders um, has come up before, but wasps is a first. Um, well, I'm obviously not afraid of, afraid of failure nor no, success. I picked that bit um, up. Um, I'm not afraid of getting poor. Mm. Nor of getting rich. Um, I am afraid of overworking myself. Okay, okay, that's a so, really so, honest answer. So, as in, I'm, I'm almost always balancing on the edge, and yeah. I, I, I've, I know when those symptoms arrive that mm. I need to push myself back a little. But then again, I've, I've usually committed to deliveries down the road that assume a certain capacity. Yeah. So, I that that would be the one disaster, as if yeah. if I hit a brick wall, I didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You've already touched on this. Um, how important is team to you as a maverick? Because your volunteers are all part of your team. Absolutely, and approval from other people is not important to me. But the social cohesion is everything. Yes, the shared vision. Yeah. And and it's not necessarily that you must keep the same players on the team, but it is absolutely key that the team you're working with shares not just your vision of where we're going, mm-hmm. but how we're going to get there and why we're going to get there. Yes, definitely. So, so and, and in the same vein, one thing I, that hasn't come up yet is that a, a key... Um, prerequisite for success is that you need to be absolutely brutal with yourself where your strengths and weaknesses are yes. in particular your weaknesses which which can be hard to hard for some people yes. for example I'm a lousy negotiator and I get very very quickly get bored with routine work okay. so I need to get other people to compensate for my weaknesses there. yes but that is the first sign I think it's one of the earliest signs of a good leader Possibly. Then, then, then again, it's it's where I see a lot of people fail. Honestly. Yes, can, they think they can do everything, and there is this. It's even scientifically proven now that incompetence is not self-aware. Yes, you don't. You if you're really sucking at something, yeah. odds are you don't know you suck at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So. You need to take active steps to to uh, find what you're good at and what you're not good at. Yes, completely concur. Just being, I'm not even going to ask you this question, I'm just saying it out to you because you've answered mm-hmm. it all through, which was, does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? And I think you've answered that throughout the interview so far, okay? Uh, yeah, if you want to add anything, that's fine. No, no, it's... Uh, no, it's- it's been the, the red thread yeah, throughout definitely. everything I'm saying. So. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? What kind of question is that? You'd be the, supp- the, whole point, the whole point is you don't ask permission. Yes, but the whole, also it's been interesting how many people have turned around and said, 
you know, the day I decided to give it to myself. Because, right, which it, which I guess is, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's been as, a, as an, I don't I don't ask people's permission. That's the point. Yeah, I I get that from you, but obviously I need to be asking you the same questions. Is being a maverick related to creativity, and if so, how? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, one of my strengths is that I can absorb an absurd amount of information and cross-reference all of it, which which helps me see patterns earlier than most people. Yes. And, but seeing patterns is not enough. You also need creativity. Is kind of a subjective word. It's it's not entirely clear what creativity is. Yeah. But seeing those patterns and seeing that I can do this better comes back again and again and again. Yes, and it's so, um, a key theme. Let me give you an example. Let me okay. give you a concrete example here. I was. Um, I was in an exercise, I think, in my teens, late teens. Right. When people asked them, when people asked, design a better telephone. Right. As in the, the, the exercise leader asked, design a better telephone. So, and so my telephone was that I would think of somebody and I would hear their voice in my ear. Right. I, they would hear what I was saying. Yes. Everybody else had redesigned the, the, the rotary dial yeah. or like made minuscule designs to what they had in front of them. Yeah, it was more incremental innovation as opposed to radical innovation. Not not, not just incremental, as in they were almost confined to what they had in front of them. Yes. They could could see a change colour, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, whereas I would go to the okay. What is the purpose of this activity? It is to communicate with somebody else. Yeah. We don't have a. We don't have thought. uh, we we can't transfer thoughts yet, but we we do have the technology to transfer transfer voices. Voice, yeah. So let's do that. Wonderful, really good example. So that so that's one example of. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And how do you think being a maverick is related to innovation? Absolutely, as in as I just said. I said okay, right. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of, Rick? I frequently say, say that the the um, the saying that you learn as long as you live. Yeah. That arrow goes two ways. Excellent. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? Do I what? Do you draw upon other mavericks in any way? Always. I mean, you. you life is social. You. you you, I spend at least four hours a day just following the information flow. Okay. And seeing what has happened in my fields, what other people say, how they react to react to major events, and what conclusions they draw from it. Okay. Whether, sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't, sometimes I infer new insights, and so on. So, yes, absolutely, conversation is... There's, who said that? There, there was this saying that... Conversation is conversation is the key to insight, but solitude is the key to genius. Yes. Wow, what a profound... I really like that. I don't remember exactly where... I think it was one of the French philosophers. I'll look it up. It's 700s or something like that. Okay. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? 
Oh, all the time. You have, um, in particular, those who take risks and great sacrifice mm -hmm. to to affect uh, change. You have people like Edward Snowden, Jacob Applebaum, um, Julian Assange, all of these people who have made sacrifice to push civil liberties and done so at great personal expense. Okay. You also have um, less... Uh, you also have other people pushing the world in ways you would not expect. For example, Bill Gates was a person, is a person I do not agree with at all in terms of how, um, how culture, knowledge and tools are locked down. But then again, he turned around and became the Robin Hood of the, of the yeah. 21st century, where yeah. he essentially is taking money from rich IT companies and giving it to malaria research. Yeah. So, yes, definitely. What do you have to suffer and sacrifice because you're a maverick? Well, we all make, make trade-offs, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a family, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. and work-life balance is one of these uh, one of these buzzwords. Yeah. If I had a family, I would not work 80, 90 hours a week. I would okay. have other values. Yes. And then again... I would probably cherish those values more than I than I do these. Okay. So uh, everything is about again comes back to what do you want to accomplish and, yes. and how do you go there? Okay. Thank you. What motivates you as a maverick? What is it that makes you jump out of bed and said, "Right, today this is what we're going to do at the pilot." Party? Every day it's about changing the world for the better. Thank Every you. day it's about providing tools to make the world a little better place. Okay. Every day it's about building something that lasts or helps others to learn how to cooperate better, more efficiently to make the, the world better and from my point, point of view. Wonderful. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? I think I've been a little, um, been a little at that, as in yeah. you need to be absolutely brutal, brutal. To, to yourself on, on what you're good at. Yeah. Do you like being a maverick? Do I like being who I am? Well, it's who I am, so I, I don't have much of a choice, do I? Okay. And is it... A, I, I I, I'm just executing my program, if you want to do it that way. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way? You're taking on responsibilities. Your, yes. your personality might not be a responsibility in itself. Right. But as you're standing up for something, you become a symbol for it. Very and much so. When you, when you become a symbol for a movement, a value, a development, then whether you like it or not, people see you as responsible for carrying that value. Definitely. And that's so, exactly why somebody, that's exactly the reason why somebody said you should, I think you might want to speak to these people. Oh, okay. There you go. On a scale of 1 to 10, now you've nearly finished, how maverick okay. are you? I'm sorry, how? How maverick are you? Now, the problem there is that you're asking me to rate me among my, in my view of my peers. No, but I'm asking you to rate you among, in, 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 I let people interpret the question, but when you say it like that, in terms of, 
just in terms of you, are you, uh, uh, you know, are you functioning at 10 out of 10 or 7 out of 10? Not compared to anybody else, but compared to you. Fair enough. Let's be brutal and go back to the data. Time, Time nominated me as one of the world's 100 most influential people. I was awarded, the award is right there, a top 100 global thinker by Foreign Policy magazine. And I think wow. that puts me squarely in the top decile at least. Right. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they can be the best maverick they could possibly be? The comfort zone is an illusion. Yes. It's, it's, it's only when you leave the comfort zone that you can really succeed. So... It's okay, it's okay to be afraid. It's a natural reaction. And it's when you're afraid, you know that you're starting out that's something that can lead to success. Wonderful. At the very least, you're learning how to succeed. I think you've answered the next two questions, which was how do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? And how do you promote and serve yourself to be a maverick? You've said looking after yourself making sure you're functioning, reading this stuff. That's how you serve yourself. Is there a way you serve other people? Again, leading by example. Yeah, okay. As in, I, I can't... It sounds... It sounds very elementary, but it really boils back to that. Rick, people I think... Don't, people will not do as you say. They will do exactly as, as, you, as you, you do. do. And I can... You know, I can't believe how many people are in leadership roles who expect people to do one thing and they themselves aren't doing it. No, it, do, it just doesn't work that it way. It doesn't work. What's your biggest ambition right now? Well, I'm going to change global policy for the better. Right. And I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. Uh, and, and after that, I've announced my next project, which is, which is that I don't think European mass media is doing its job. Right. I don't think they're doing their job, so I'm going to out-compete them. Okay, wonderful. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how you... Go with that. I expect that to take five to, uh, the next five to ten years. Okay. I mean, I've been this for ten years, yeah, yeah. so I should do something completely different now. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Oh, I already have one. I'm changing, I'm changing the world as I see fit. Um, Brilliant answer. <laughs> Absolutely really? excellent answer. You just made okay. my day. All right. It's Thank amazing you. how many people turn around and say, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this. How many people say, I wish I could fly, I wish I could do this. And I'm sitting here with having interviewed 71 people who are doing, who are changing the, there's a coffee cup, you know those cardboard cups, things they, strips they give you so you don't burn your hand. Uh -huh. There's one of those on my wall that actually says changing the game for the, changing the world and the game for the game changers. Because I realised very early on that what I was right. doing was I was actually interviewing all the game changers in whatever mm. industry. So I'll come back to that. I'll oh, ask you two more lovely. questions and then I'll tell you where I'm going with this. All right. As a maverick, what do you do from fun, apart from going to your cognac cupboard or the whiskey cupboard? <laughs> uh, a few things. First, every summer I go out to a, uh, a cottage on, uh, on the west coast of Sweden. Right. Uh, after, after a stressful year, just waking up, 
going out on the porch, feeling the sea breeze on your tire skin, walking, feeling the grass between your toes, yeah. and jump, jumping off the shore pier into the water. There's no stress in the world that can touch you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. So, so, what do I do to relax and wind down and, and other things? I, I had a motorcycle for a while that was just a source of burning adrenaline. Mm -hmm. yeah. Speeding is, speeding, I know it's kind of looked down on in the US and Canada. Here in Sweden, it's more of a national sport. Um, trust so, me, I'm with you. All right. I'm you. with you. There you go. As they so I had a Suzuki Heyabusa, which is the fastest production bike ever built, and I used to take it on onto the high, the um, sparsely trafficked highways, and just burn rubber. Oh, I tell you what, there is nothing. Like that. I've raced Aston Martins. I've jumped out of a plane because speed is oh. your friend. Yes, yes, um, definitely. Uh, uh, what would be what would be one quote that defined you as a maverick? If you had to give me one. It would be that quote on my front door. If you follow the rules, you will always lose. That is beautiful. What would you like me to have asked you that I haven't asked you, Rick? When I thought, when I found a gap, I've uh, I filled in uh, as we go. Very, so, uh, very kindly. Um, no, I think the. I think one one aspect we haven't touched on so much is how is how to lead eff effectively, mm. and most most corporations organizations spend an enormous amount of getting the right people in, which means they are also spending. That's that's how they are seeing it, mm. but what they are doing is spending uh, enormous amounts of resources drawing this divider between the in-people and the out-people. Yes. So you could just as well say that they are spending enormous amounts of resources keeping people out. Yes, yes. Whereas what I'm doing is just standing up visibly saying, I want to do this, and spending all my resources allowing people to contribute. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely wonderful. So, so the Swarm, uh, the Swarm organization is open, transparent and inclusive and as defining features. Wonderful. So, thank you for letting me interview you. I'm going to switch off the recording now. Okay.